Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. We are your hosts of the show, Karen and Kelly Sarlow. Whether you're struggling with grief or you just need answers, we connect you with spirit to find relief, clarity, and direction in life. We can help you move forward. Well, welcome to December. Finally. And we know this means that we have some heartwarming shows for this month. Mm-hmm. So can I have the name of a female, please? I'm going to choose something nice and soft to go along with our theme, and I'll, I'll go with Martha. Okay, thank you. At the very beginning of that session, Martha says to me, can you go open for me? And I hear, I'm her mother. This is not going to be an open session. She wants me. Like this. And, but with such, like such a good energy with her mom, eh? And I said, well, wait a minute, Martha. I said, uh, I'm actually being told this is not an open session and you're not actually looking for open at all. And she just kind of gives me this smile. And I said, you actually want medium, and there's a particular person you have on a pedestal that you are looking for today, like this. And I said, and she's making a grand entrance. And she goes, and you can just see her face. And I said, and it is your mother. And she just looks at me like this is a holy shit moment. Mm -hmm. Like, you got to be kidding me. You've got my mother. And her mother goes, okay, wait a minute. I'm her birth mother. There's two mothers. And she says she has a stepmom and she is alive. And she never would call her stepmother stepmom. She calls her mom. And the reason for that is that I died when she was two years old. So she says, please say all of that to her. So I did very quickly. And she confirmed exactly that that was all correct. Oh, but I have to like take a nice deep breath here because it was, it truly was a a moment to take a breath. And you can see her, her, the client, you can see Martha's relief and, and I think, Kelly, this speaks to the fact where so many clients don't want to say who they want in medium because it is such a big ask in, the, in regards to if I ask for this and I don't get it and you can't get my mother, then what do I do with my session? And what do I do with all of these hopes and all of these feelings I have that I want you to be able to connect to my mom And I won't be able to live with my disappointment and sit here and look at you for the next one hour. Honestly, I feel like this is how people feel about life and relationships in general. Oh, that's true. Is the difficulty in asking for what we want or need, right? Just speaking about our needs and desires because of exactly what you're talking about with Martha. Yeah. If I tell a person I love what I need out of the relationship and they will not or cannot give it to me, I can't live with the disappointment. And Mm -hmm. so we function in isolation in a relationship thinking I'll just meet my own needs so that no one can disappoint me. Right. But I'll stay in this relationship and I'll take whatever crumbs I get. Which is what, and and I'm not picking on Martha. She's going to stay in the session, not ask for what she wants because if I state it and Karen says no, or I don't have her, or I can't do that, I can't bear the feelings. Right. I think that's a, a life lesson, period as to why we don't ask for our needs. And if people aren't clear about um, their fear of rejection, they might not know why they're stuck in those cycles. Mm-hmm. So thank you for explaining that. 
So literally, Martha just really sucks in the air. Mm -hmm. And there's this long sigh. And then she just says to me, I'm so glad that you've got my mom. And she says, and that is correct about my stepmom. And I, and then her mom says to me, now, wait a minute, how are we going to identify her dead mom? Do you want me to keep saying dead mom so that everybody can understand it? Sure. Okay. So dead mom says to me, from the time she was two years old or, or a little older, like when she can start to talk and start, you know, maybe around three, she would go to bed at night and she would say, now mom, now mom. And she would talk to her mom that had crossed over. She would start all of her little sentences and her mom and her live mom and her dad would hear her in the bedroom saying things like, now mom, I, I broke my toy today and I did this, or I, I said this, or I punched my brother. Mm -hmm. And her, her mom and dad would listen to her having these conversations and her mother kept a journal of the things that she would say. She would write them down. She would sit in the living room with her tea at night and she would write down, now mom, I did this and I did that because she wanted to give it to her when she was older. And she didn't know if she would be able to remember all these things that she would say to her mom. Mm -hmm. So she kept these things for her in a journal. So dead mom tells me about how she, number one, wrote, now mom, and how there was an actual journal written by her mother. Alive mother. Her alive mother. And that she has this alive journal and she reads it. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> she has this journal. Sorry, I'm trying to keep everything straight. And she reads it. And she says, and I know that she's read it recently because of this session today and the fact that she wanted me to be able to come and speak to her. Mm -hmm. She wanted to get these things validated. Like, did my mom ever know about all these conversations that I had with her when I was a kid? Did she know about the journal and what my, mom, my alive mom did for me? And here she is coming through at the very beginning of the session to say, oh, yeah, I know that and a whole lot more. I've been around. I've been here, I'm going to prove it to you, and I do love you. And she just sits and looks at me and she goes, I can't believe that you can do this. So tell me, do you see the journal? And I said, oh, I just saw it like on the outside, like I didn't see it on the inside. I said, but I heard now, mom. And she goes, okay, I wondered if you read now, mom. Or if she told you and you heard her, or was this just an inner knowing? Because you said at the beginning during consent that you use all six senses. And I wondered, well, am I allowed to ask you which sense you get? And then she says, and I kind of wondered, do they all blend together? And sometimes maybe you just don't know, mm -hmm. or maybe it's all of them. And, and you're going to tell me it's all of them. She says, but like, I'm so interested in what you do. I'm so fascinated that I'd like to hear how you get those things because they matter to me. Very kind. I just love that. Then her dead mom says to me and um, about her alive mom and how her and her father totally encourage her her whole life to include her dead mom in everything that she wants to. 
So when she graduates, they like they buy a card from her. Like they include her birth mother in everything. And a live mom really sinks into the fact that I feel secure. I know this child loves me and I know she's going to trust me because of the way I raise her. Well, also that speaks to a secure attachment that she's developed with her husband. Yes. Because you can have a beautiful relationship with a child. There's a there's a wonderful innocence with children where you know they love you. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the security in your one-to-one relationship, you can still feel devastation by the constant presence of not the ex, but the dead partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it speaks to all of the love in the family. Very much. Yeah, very much. Thank you. And like they didn't get into it, but just for listeners to know and for you to know in telling the story, he meets um, his second wife very soon after his wife passes. And they become a couple very, very quickly and marry quickly. So just for anybody that's curious about timelines or interest in the story, um, that was a validation that came up quickly that actually I didn't write in today's notes. But well, I it does just make remember. sense given yeah. that she's calling this woman mom mm-hmm. and she lost her biological mom at two years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we hear what a beautiful job this man is doing, her father, at growing himself. And that when we grow ourselves, like you said, then you pick a partner that is secure because you are. And then you get to raise your children in all of that love and security. Then dead mom shows me that she goes for walks out in the bush. And I can see this. And that she's with Martha. So she places herself going for walks with Martha in the bush. And you can see where Martha is hiking. You can see where she enjoys stopping on her hikes to look at the mushrooms, to look at the trees, to look at the plant life, to collect things. You can see she has this nice pouchy bag. Then, um, I don't know what you call it, like a shoulder strap, but like it, it almost looks like a briefcase, like it's pretty big. And when Martha opens it up, you can see she has little sample dishes. You can see she has scissors and all kinds of utensils. Not something that I would take on a hike, but somebody would take on a hike if they're very interested in botany or... Foraging. Yes. And she shows how Martha collects all these things over the years, like right from the time she's little, where she gets gifts as a child to collect these things and then go home and, I don't know, make things of it and be able to study as a kid, you know, with a little kit. But then you see that this actually follows her all through life and that these kits get like big and very intense and complicated. And she says, show her this, show her and tell her from childhood to today, make that very clear and tell her that I know about this in her life. So I told Martha that, and she goes, oh my God, what you've done for me is you've identified something that I've done since childhood with the toys that I am doing currently in university. She says, I love hiking. I love nature. Oh, I forgot one. I have to say one, Kelly. She shows, her her dead mom shows me that she traps. Mm. And that was significant that her dad 
and her current partner, her boyfriend. So this, I really forgot a big one there, sorry. Um, both trap and that she learns how to do this properly. She learns the right seasons, the reasons why you would trap, and that you would do these things to take down a population that's overpopulated in a certain area so that the ecosystem stays balanced. And that it's important to do things like that and that you're trapping for proper reasons. And then she showed where after they trapped all of these animals, that they would put it into a vehicle, all the animals into a, ve a vehicle, into boxes, and then they would take them to Indigenous groups that actually used them properly, skinned them, did proper mm. ceremonies, but she shows that she stays for those ceremonies. Mm. She shows that she has great respect for these animals and that she wants to understand, okay, so I understand that I'm trapping them for a particular reason, population control. Okay, get that. But what do the indigenous people do with the, with with these hides? Uh pardon, pardon me, Kelly. I guess the proper term would be carcass. Well, those are two different things. Yeah, that's why I'm saying that. Because you would take the hide for one purpose, but there would be reasons that you use the meat or like or the blood, the bones. Yes, the marrow. everything. Yeah. And how the indigenous people understand what to do with all aspects of a carcass, including the spirit, and that she wants to learn all of these things outside of what a school system is teaching her in other regards to it. So she finds the school system isn't complete. She finds being with the Indigenous people is teaching her the full cycles. And this is really important because her mom explains to me that she's going to go on to do a PhD and that in her PhD, she's going to incorporate everything Indigenous communities are teaching her to get her PhD and that down the road, this is really where she's going to take um, her doctorate and where she's going to put her career. It's so cool, Kelly. Mm -hmm. It's so, so cool. So I explained all of that to Martha and I said, okay, so some of this comes from inner knowing. Some of this comes from your mom telling me, like, so I can hear her talking. Some of this comes because I can see things and because she wanted to know all of the gifts being used. So I explained all of that and she goes, do you understand now why I want you to tell me all of the gifts that you're using? And I said, think I understand a little bit. And I said, but do you want to explain it to me? And she goes, yeah. She says, because I'm, I value everything that the Indigenous communities are teaching me, but that means that I'm valuing you. They're teaching me to value your gifts that you speak to spirit. She says, unlike what a lot of other cultures might think about what you do and think it's not scientific or it's this or whatever they think, whatever they think. She says, I'm learning that what you do is connected to all of this. And I'm, tr I'm trying to respect that you're part of my process. I'm trying to find how each person, just like each animal, just like each tree, the mushrooms, the weeds, and the, the, a burnt down forest, all is part of all of the cycles and all of the processes. That's beautiful. I'm trying to value everything and not put science on a pedestal where it doesn't belong to be. 
while she gets a PhD. I love it. Yeah. And so you're hearing that her mom has followed her along from being a child right through her teenage years, right through that she's in university, and that she really has not missed her life. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and then this beautiful woman, Martha, who's immersing herself in nature. She's immersing herself in education. She's in and, and all types of education. And not saying that education is in a university alone, but that it is in every single aspect of life. So Martha then says to me, this is really cool. She says, I'm not that far into my education. She says, I'm only a couple of years into university. She says, and I have mentioned to people that I'm interested in a doctorate, but I haven't really thought about it. But my mom confirmed I'm going to get it. And she goes, so it, it, it gives me a feeling inside like it is something that I can do. And she says, and it doesn't overwhelm me because I'm somebody who likes processes and I'm somebody that understands it's just today, it's just this semester. She goes, but it really makes me happy to hear that my mom knows I'm going to get a doctorate. Mm-hmm. And she goes, and it makes me really thrilled to know that my mom's going to get it with me. Mm-hmm. And she goes, so maybe down the road on that day when I'm standing there getting it, that I will be standing there with the Indigenous community that's giving me my doctorate, with all of the trees and with nature that are helping me get my doctorate, with my people, with my professors, and with my, my dad mom. Mm-hmm. She says, so now I can stand there really in a full circle, which is what the Indigenous community is teaching me, that it is life is about a full circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then her mom told her something really important, Kelly. She said, the Indigenous community that you start with is going to love you because you're full of integrity. So this is just easy for them to have a relationship and trust you. But they are the group that's actually going to map out your doctorate for you. So while you think your professors are going to guide it along, it really won't be them that helps you decide what your specialty will be, what your papers will be on. That's going to come from the Indigenous people. And they are the ones that are going to link you to other communities in different states. Now, you're hearing this woman's calling from the United States, where she's going to move in with her education and she's going to go to different places to get jobs and to do her schooling, to do her research, and that they're the ones that are going to map out where she goes. And as a result of that, she'll still be able to stay linked to a particular university and take her courses online and, and even travel and go and do her exams or whatever they require of her. That's all going to be very doable. But she's actually going to choose where she lives based on where they tell her her next lessons are. Mm-hmm. And that she has to go to a different group to learn about the land and cycles and nature with that particular group of people. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm telling you guys a lot about what dead mom tells her to give her tons of validations that she was witnessing her life and that she's with her through it. But I'm forgetting to tell you how many times she cries, how many times you see her with a completely overwhelm of emotions of happiness or just relief, or how many times you hear her take a breath, how many times you see her shoulders come up in happiness 
or slump down in awe moments of just feeling relief or feeling like, okay, she's there, security, safety. And it's never once, as far as I can see, that she doesn't feel it with the family that she has. Mm -hmm. It's this other little piece that, you know, you just don't always know if it's quite there. And now today she's getting all of that. Mm -hmm. And then her mom says to me, okay, on to her man. Like this. She says, my goodness, I love her man. And she says, their careers blend and are going to continue to blend. So I said, well, what do you mean? Is he in the exact same thing? And she goes, no, he's in, he studies history. Mm, cool. He is, he's going to get his degrees and his education in history. And he's not always going to go where she goes. He's going to need to go where he needs to go because he might have to go and do a dig someplace else or um, he's going to need to be in a different country or a different continent than her. And he'll just pick up and go. But tell her they will always be fine and love each other. That there's no reason for any insecurity. And really, they're going to be so solid in their relationship. That's just going to come quite naturally. But when they are in two different countries or two different states, places, whatever, they will always be able to have common interest to talk to each other about, not just because of children they will have, but also because of their careers. There will always be this big connection because of what he studies and what she's doing. And I tell her that, and she looks at me, and she goes, did you say kids? <laughs> Oops. Yeah, that's what she heard. <laughs> In spite of the fact that her mom's talking about history and his career and the validations. And she goes, I got a lot to validate for you in a minute, but I heard kids like this. She goes, you've got to be kidding me. How am I ever going to manage kids if I'm getting a doctorate like this? She goes, I want kids, but I've been struggling because I want my career first. And her mom says, yeah, you do. And you can have it. But you have such a tremendously supportive family system at home that you're going to have your mom, alive mom and dad, who are going to be very happy to contribute and to have your children at their house while you're gone for weeks or a month. They'll live with them. This is all going to work out. And if you have the right attitude, your children will go with you when you're learning and the Indigenous communities that you work in will raise your children with you. Mm -hmm. And she went, what? And I repeated that, and they said, that is how they see life. That is how they, it's community that raises children. Mm -hmm. They will be happy to have your child there. So she went, okay, I'm good. And you can see where she gets to this place of, oh my God, if I don't panic, if I don't get five steps ahead of myself, everything's going to work its way out because I'm living my life with integrity. Also, when you start asking for what you need, mm -hmm. people have the ability to show up for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a, a great lesson for all of us to hear as many times as you say it. And I think sometimes, Kelly, I hear you say that and I go, that's that's a beautiful message. I wish we could say it in every single podcast. And then I think, oh, maybe we do. Yeah, I think in some way, shape, or form, we do. Yeah, yeah. And then, very lastly, um, her mom says 
that her partner is somebody who loves listening and that she focuses on the fact that he regards listening and listening skills as one of the highest values in life and that if you truly listen to somebody, they feel safe and secure. And if they feel safe and secure, then they can tell you anything. And if they tell you anything, then it is your job to respect what they're sharing. And that if you can listen to all of that with an open heart, you can problem solve through anything. Lovely. And that's, that is the core as to how he's been raised. And that is what he brings to their relationship. And Martha says to me, that is exactly it. And then her dead mom says, and that is my husband. Mm. And I said, oh, wait, don't say it to me, Martha. And that is also your father. (laughs) She goes, did my mom say that? Did my mom say that? And I said, she did. And she goes, I got to tell my dad that. Mm. She goes, this is where my mom and my dad, my alive mom and my dad, know I've got this appointment. My partner knows I've got this appointment. My siblings know I've got this appointment. She goes, like my siblings from my alive mom and dad. And she goes, everybody knows, and they're all waiting to hear about it. And I can hardly wait to tell my mom what my dead mom has said about her, has said about my dad. And the last message was from her dead mom was, your brothers and sisters are part of my family. And I see them as my children Mm-hmm. And she says, so very much like what you're being taught in indigenous indigenous communities, I believe the same thing, and they are my children. And she went, oh my God, this is how my alive mom and my dad have raised us. She's a lucky girl. Yeah. And she says, so I get to go back and I get to give them all messages. Mm-hmm. She goes, and I thought it was too much to ask or too much to hope for. And she says, but you're proving to me today that it wasn't at all too much. Which goes to exactly what you've been pointing out for people the entire, the entire story. So anyway, that's, that's the end of Martha's session. It's lovely. Thank you. That's a great opening show for December. Yeah, I'm a little bit scared I won't have a better one. Well, step up. I believe in you. We need this. (laughs) Yeah, I think we do.